A person who goes inactive is simply somebody who has decided to not follow your recommendations for care. Make this black and white, guys, because remember, you're a CEO and you have a team of people. You cannot leave room for interpretation. This is a black and white number. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Dr. Pete Camiolo here. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. We're thrilled to be with you. As always, it's a true honor for us to be welcomed into your world, whether you're listening to us right now while you're running or you're biking or you're driving in your car or you're just sitting in your sauna. I don't know where you're at when you're listening up, so maybe you're making dinner or breakfast for your kids. Regardless, thank you for welcoming us into your world, and we hope and pray that this adds tremendous value to you. We, we appreciate all the amazing uh, feedback and responses that we've been getting from this program, and we are just thrilled to, to be a part of this journey. And we're excited about the series that we're doing right now, which is going to dive deeper into retention today. Dr. Stephen, we were talking just offline before you know, this episode about how you know, we really believe that what the doctors, you know, that are listening to to our episodes, this is an area that all across the board, this is an area we can all grow, we can all improve. So we really hope that this, what we're going to dive into today in this episode is really going to help you. Because remember, you don't get what you want, you get what you measure. And that applies to retention in your practice, maybe more than any of the others. So Dr. Steven, let's really dive into this today. Yeah. I mean, I think the commentary offline here just before we spoke was we've both been chomping at the bit to get to the retention one, because here's what we know. You know, we've both in the trenches now coaching for years after being in trenches of 20 years in practice, right? So it's like, all right, so this is what we know to be true for all of the people that we've been coaching that no matter what level you're at right now, yes, attraction, conversion, critically important. Everybody can improve there. The retention piece, this is the low-hanging fruit for almost everybody, okay? So at the end of the day, guys, almost everybody listening to this right now, I'm telling you, pull over, take out your notepad, get your pens and pencils ready because this is where the low-hanging fruit is in your practice. And when you, this is the easiest dial to shift, right? So this is where you can see such an impact in your practice. Once you start changing your PVA, your patient visit average, what you're going to see is your practice, a compound effect to your practice, not only just from a numerical perspective, and you see that practice growth as far as practice volume and collections, but the impact that you're making is, on, is it literally compounds because we all knew we do our best work over time. Retention is the ultimate win-win-win, right? So it's the ultimate win for the patient because we know that we do our best work over time and the patients who follow our recommendations for care, they get the best results clinically, right? So the longer a person stays subluxated, the sicker they get. We know that to be true. Well, the longer the person stays subluxation-free and is getting adjusted regularly, the stronger and healthier they get. We know that to be true. Huge win for the patient. It's a huge win for the practice, right? So we know that the practice that creates ideal patients and collects ideal patients, there's a compound aggregating effect there that's so powerful that's unmatched by anything else you can do, including a great marketing campaign, creating and collecting ideal patients. Retention's a huge win for the practice. And then, of course, for us personally. We all know how fulfilling it is when a person stays under regular care, 
gets our best work, gets the best results. Man, I know you're like me, Pete. Don't you just love it when people stay under regular chiropractic care and their families stay under regular care and they raise their family inside your practice? I know that you know we're disappointed when people don't convert to care, but I hate it when they discontinue. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it right there. I, from every doctor that I work with, uh, as a client to my own self, to everybody, anybody that I've ever known in profession, there's no doubt that this is something we all desire. And we desire to have people that get chiropractic care and they stick with it, right? It becomes part of their life. We're collecting these amazing patients, these amazing people, building these long-term relationships with it. Practice becomes so much more enjoyable, so much more fun, so much more scalable, so much more uh, remarkable experience for you and for everybody. And so, Doc, in the on this conversation, you said a couple of things I just want to drive home is, number one is that we do our best work over time. And that's the truth. Chiropractic is done, it's the best work of chiropractic is done over time. And the second thing is, is that, you know, the ultimate win-win is that people stay under chiropractic care. So it's, it's you do your best work and people get the best results over time. So those both things go tracking together. This is where retention is from a business model, from a congruence, from an integrity model. Having a remarkable retention practice is the most, is the highest integrity thing you can do. So as you lead your business as a CEO, as you have this conversation with your team, as you meet with your team on retention, as you lead the, the charge and you gather your team and the resource of your team, this is such an important thing to say, the highest integrity activity that we have, can do in our business is actually have great retention because it's the best thing for the patient. It's the best. I do my best work or we do our best work and the patient does the best when that happens. So knowing that this is integrity, this is a question of integrity is retention. Now there's a lot of layers to this doc. So let, I, I want to dive in to, you know, starting at the highest level. And we talked about this on the, on the previous episode. If you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, in the first episode of this series, we talked about attraction and the metrics that are important for attraction. We gave you the troubleshooting form. In the, the previous episode, we went through conversion. One of the things we said in the conversion episode was about how did, that you have to define conversion. We assume that you've all defined what conversion is. We know that everybody has. So you must define conversion. That's then going to tee up with this next conversation, which is about retention. If you don't know what a conversion is defined, it'd be really hard for you to ever track and know what retention would be, right? So we're assuming that coming into this conversation today. So I just want you to know where we're at as I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to Dr. Steven, ask him a few questions. I think are questions that maybe some of you would have as well. But when you talk about conversion, Dr. Steven, you said this in the last episode, how would you define conversion in your practice? Because that's going to lead to us being able to define what retention is. Yeah, I'm glad we started here, right? Because there's some assumptions that we're making, gang. Okay. So please don't hear any judgment in any of this. Okay. So what we're trying to give is illustration and maybe some direction or inspiration around this, right? So I want to make sure that you know that to really know your practice, you've got to be able to track these metrics, right? And to grow your practice, you have to know your practice, right? So where we started here is you don't get what you want, you get what you measure, right? And we have outcomes that we want. We want to see growth. Right? We want to see growth. We want to see uh, growth showing up in this particular episode. We're talking about retention. So that means we want to see an increase in our patient visit average, right? Our PVA. That's the, that's the Mac Daddy stat for retention. It's like patient visit average, right? So patient visit average or PVA is a way downstream metric that measures how many visits does the average patient get over their lifetime? That's what, it, that's what it's measuring, right? So if you think about yourself and your family and your kids, how often have you guys got checked? How many total adjustments have you received in your lifetime? Now ask yourself, 
what is the average person that starts care in our practice? What do they receive for chiropractic care over their lifetime? How many adjustments, right? So PVA, again, is a long-term lifetime stat for patient that tells you about your retention performance in your practice. Uh, but again, it's downstream. The way you calculate PVA for it to be a true retention statistic is you have to take the total number of adjustments or unique patient visits during a time period, let's say during a week, or let's say during a month, either one, and divide it by the number of new patient conversions that week or that month, that same time period, right? So if you look at your PVA as a retention statistic, you should study the people that actually start care with you, okay? So a lot of people will divide their total patient volume by the number of new patient prospects or leads. That's not the way to do it because what you're doing there is you're bringing conversion into this study. This is a retention study. Remember, the statistics are telling you where you should be focusing on your training. So make sure that when you're calculating PVA, it's a true retention study. So take the total number of patient visits in a given time period and divide it by the number of new patient conversions in that same time period, okay? For a guideline, if you're practicing in a wellness model, in other words, you're recommending that people leverage chiropractic care as a lifestyle success strategy for healthy human beings, and it's not simply just limited to a short-term treatment modality for a crisis or a symptom, if you're recommending regular chiropractic care over a lifetime, you're going to want to see somewhere between a 10 to 15 per year you've been in practice for your PVA. In other words, if you've been in 10 years in practice in your town, it's 10 times 10 to 10 times 15. So your PVA should somewhere be somewhere between 100 to 150, for example. Okay. That's the gold. That's the gold standard. Okay. Unfortunately, the average chiropractor in the United States today, they see somewhere between 12 and 18 for a PVA. It depends on what study you read. Okay. So think about that. Imagine how many times you've been adjusted in your life, doc. How many times have you checked your spouse or your children or your parents or your best friends, right? So how often do they get checked and how many times have they been adjusted over a lifetime? Can you imagine only getting checked 12 times in your lifetime? We all need to do much better with that. So a good guideline is 10 to 15 per year you've been in practice in a given town as you start to aggregate patients, right? So in our practice, we did many things really well. We did we made many, many mistakes along the way getting there, right? But one thing we did really, really well was retention. We enjoyed a PVA of over 300 for more than 15 years in practice out of our 22 years in practice. So think about that. The average person that started care with us stayed for over 300 visits during their lifetime. Think about that. Not 12, 300. So we're doing something right. And that's what I'd really like to be able to focus on today during this conversation is let's talk about what are the things that we did right and how do we measure those things that produced that kind of extraordinary PBA. Yeah, I mean, this is so important, Doc, and I really appreciate you taking the time for all of us and walking through just defining what PVA is and how to measure PVA and getting clarity here. Because like we said, we, we've taken some things into consideration. We are assuming certain things, but we won't, don't want to assume everything. So clearly defining certain things is really important. So PVA, clearly define what a conversion is. Let's start looking at retention and what you did really well. When you think about your practice and you think about, hey, how do you get a PVA of 300 over 15 years when the average right now is 12 to 16 or 18 for the average chiropractor? I mean, you do the math of that. I mean, I, you, you can't really like the percent greater percentage is it's off the chart. So there's some things that we want to dive into. We want to learn 
here. And one of the things, Doc, that you talked about, I want to dive into really first is the definition of what uh, what is an active patient. Right. If we can start there, I think if we start with active patient, because I think that's one of the first metrics that we're going to look at when it comes to retention. So how would you even define what would you define an active patient as? Yeah. So there's a statistic that we're going to encourage you to keep an eye on. So I'm going to list out a couple of them and I'm going to unpack this for you because they're all interrelated guys. So I hope you're taking notes on this, right? So one number that you really want to watch is total number of active patients, right? So think about that as a mission-driven chiropractor, a mission-driven practice, you want people to be actively under care, right? So first thing you've got to do is you've got to measure or define what does that mean, right? So is an active patient somebody who just hasn't said to you, I quit, I'm out of here? <laughs> because I know I spent, I spent years saying, I have like 700 active patients. It's like, how come you only saw 300 different people this month? <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, well, because the other people didn't tell me to screw. <laughs> you know, they say, I'm out of here. This is, you know, I'm out. You know, just because people haven't quit verbally to you, to your face, or written you a letter, or whatever, the, an active patient by definition is somebody who is actively following your recommendations for care. Okay. So think about that. There's an active patient and there's an inactive patient. And we have so many negative attachments and emotions around this. It's like, and and a person who goes inactive is simply somebody who has decided to not follow your recommendations for care. Make this black and white guys, because remember you're a CEO and you have a team of people. You cannot leave room for interpretation. This is a black and white number. How many people are actively following my recommendations for care. We're going to call those active patients. And how many people are no longer following my actively following my recommendations for care? We're going to call them inactive, right? And they're going to be everything from people who are just, who've said, I quit, I'm out of here to people who are just MIA. They're missing an action. They're ghosting you. They're not showing up for appointments or they come in when they think they need it, right? So there's a, there's a whole continuum of people here that fall under inactive patients. They're not actively following your recommendations for care. So Dr. Pete, I know there's a lot of detail here, so bear with me, gang. We're making some assumptions, okay? In order to say somebody's active or inactive, I'm assuming that you're actually giving recommendations for care. So are you giving recommendations for care, Doc? And again, there's no judgment here. There's lots of right ways to do this based on a couple of things, your philosophy, your technique, right? So there's a lot of factors that come into play here. What is your? What are your recommendations for care? Are you giving recommendations for care? There's some people that are seeing people daily for 90 days. There's some, you know, CV practitioners have very intense programs that last for months. There are some HI. There's some upper cervical specific docs who see their patients every six months to check in to see if they're still holding. Right. So there's a wild spectrum and continuum here. So we're not even going to pretend to go in there. That's way outside of the scope of this conversation. My question is: Are you giving patients clear? recommendations for care, including a visit frequency. Like this is when I want you to get checked on, a, on this basis, on this schedule, on this calendar. And are they saying yes to that? Okay. So first things first, are you giving recommendations for care? Now, second thing, active versus inactive is the patient following those recommendations. Yes or no. Okay. So yes or no, they're either yes, they said they would com- commit to that care plan and yes, they are following the care plan. Okay. So if they're following the care plan, they're considered an active patient. So we want to be able to attract, excuse me, track active patients. The next number we want to look at is compliance. Compliance is one of the most important statistics to track. It's one of the most, what we call key performance indicators, one of the most important key performance indicators when it comes to retention. It is the predictor of retention. It is the precursor to retention. You know it and I know it. The patients who follow our recommendations for care, they get the best results and they stay under care. They also 
refer other people's and they're happy to and then they're happy to pay as well, right? So compliance is a critically important metric to track and you have to define compliance. So the simplest way to do it again so your team doesn't have to interpret it is if they were scheduled for an appointment that day, did they come in for their appointment that day? Did they keep their appointment? Did they not skip or reschedule or cancel? Compliance is if they scheduled an appointment, did they keep the appointment? Keep it as a percentage, keep it black and white. So now we know you're giving recommendations for care and you're measuring whether people are following those recommendations or not and you're considering them active or inactive. And then you're tracking compliance to them following your care plan, which would imply that you're actually scheduling people out and that's called mapping. So there's another assumption. If somebody says they're going to be three times a week for four weeks or they're going to be once a week, uh, they're going to come in once a week for wellness care or twice a month, once a fortnight for maintenance care, is it on the schedule book? So we know that you actually have somebody to say, yes, they were scheduled and yes, they kept their appointment. Those, that's an assumption that we're making that you're able to actually track and measure compliance, which means that people are actually mapped out. Yeah, this is just gold, man. So good. I'm going to pause here and just kind of circle back on a few things that, that you said that are just really critical for us as we're listening because you're probably taking notes. So this is going to be a nice little break for you for about uh, 60 seconds and we're going to keep going. So a couple of things is you're getting really clear on a couple of definitions. One is what is an active patient? That's what Dr. Steven Say said. This is what an active patient is. It's someone who has actually received a recommendation for care from the doctor and they're following that recommendation for care. Okay. So there's two things that happen. The doctor actually gives recommendations. Number two is the patient had to agree to that and they're actually doing it. They're following. That's an active patient. So the inactive patient is somebody who has received recommendations for care, but is not following the recommendations for care. Even if they've said they would, but they are not. In other words, we've got to be tracking this, right? And this is where the compliance element comes in. So I've said, yes, doc, I'm in fist bump. I'm committed, doc. I'm doing this. And they're doing it, but then all of a sudden, they're not doing it. So what happened? What retention is, is the ability to identify where in the process do people stop being committed to what they've agreed to, to what the expectations are that have been laid out. Where does that happen? And that's the stats that I think we're going to dive into right now a little bit further. So compliance then, compliance is, as you stated, it is they are actually following the recommendations. They are following the recommendations that you've made for care. They're keeping their appointments that have been pre-scheduled, which means there's a mapping process that's going on. We've assumed that you're booking people out. All of you are maybe running your practices in different ways. We get that, the different techniques and the styles, we, we totally take that into consideration. But to know your compliance, you have to have had a pre-booked out appointment. And so they're at least booking in for at least one or three appointments. You don't actually have to have six months or a year booked out, even though the further you book them out, the better. It's That's got to be happening here. So that's assuming that. So then the next, so doc, you know, one of the questions that I have is, honestly, what is the difference between a active and inactive patient for someone who's currently, they're on a care plan, they're paying, but they're not showing up. Is that person still inactive? Do you consider them inactive? They've paid for care, but they haven't, they're not showing up for their care on the frequency that the doctor recommends. And let's just go with a very simple one. Doctor recommends three times a week, the patient's showing up two times per week. They're still coming, they're paying. Is that person inactive? How do you deal with that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. It's probably a different conversation though, Dr. Pease is like, you know, when we're talking about policies, 
that's we should unpack that. And in fact, that would be probably be a great show for us to do an episode just on yeah. office policies. It's like, all right, so what are the guardrails that you set up for success and integrity, right? So you deliver what you're going to be deliver. So I might defer that conversation to an integrity conversation around office policies. But the short answer is this. If you as a doctor, you have to define exactly what is your bar. What bar do, do patients have to be up and over, right? So if you say, listen, if somebody's 66% compliant to the recommendations for care, I'm happy with that's my standard, okay? You might say, no, I have a three-strike rule. People don't miss or change their appointments or out of, uh, we're out of integrity and they have to, I'm going to freeze their care plan. Whether they're paying or not paying, clinically, I have a responsibility to say, listen, I don't want to misrepresent what we're doing here. So you'd have to step in and woodshed that person, give them a warning, coax them back into place, of course. But eventually, you have to be the one that says, listen, you know, I'm out of integrity here. We're going to have to discontinue. And, and you would just you know, charge them for the care that they've received, reimburse them and said, love you, man. And the way I'm going to love on you is I'm going to call you on this right now. And you're going to come back when this becomes a priority because there's no way I can take, there's no way I'm going to take your care more seriously than you do, right? So that's yeah. just more of an integrity issue. But man, I think that'd be a great episode to talk about, hey, office policies, let's talk about like, yeah. you know, what things do we have in play here? So, you know, Dr. Pete, there's so much more we could do here when it comes to retention. And, you know, I think that, you know, we could have a two hour conversation around this, but, you know, there are other statistics that we want to be keeping an eye on. You know, we want to look at net mo or net momentum, which is, you know, the aggregate score between people that are joining your practice versus people that are quitting out of care. And that, that's going to inform your total active patients. So you've defined the total number of people that are actively under care. You're looking at your net momentum, which is people that are joining the practice minus people that are quitting the practice. Again, you would have to define conversion and define what inactive means to get a good net momentum. Going to inform your total active patients. So that number is dynamic. It keeps changing and it's accurate because you're actually tracking conversions and you're actually tracking your inactives, right? So that's a rich number. In fact, you could break that down into total active patients, total wellness patients, total maintenance patients, right? We love all those metrics. We want to have those as our goals, as our KPIs for our team members. And then again, we could go crazy with this. We could start talking about stick rate, right? Stick rate's one of my favorites, right? So I want to be able to track those stick rates to be able to say, if people have committed to a care plan, let's say it's a first four plan, how many people actually complete that care plan, that first care plan? That's called your stick rate. Or how many people are completing their second care plan? That would be the care, that would be the stick rate for what we call the R5. The first care plan would be the stick rate for the R4. They go into the second care plan. It's just how many people actually fall through with their second care plan? That's our R5 stick rate. Then they go into wellness care, et cetera. What's your wellness stick rate? We love to be able to say, hey, what's your one-month stick rate? What's your six-month stick rate? What's your 12-month stick rate? In other words, for the people that say yes to care in the beginning, how many people, what percentage of them actually make it one month or three months or six months or nine months or 12 months? This is what a really informed CEO knows about the business of their practice. And remember, gang, it's so critically important that we own these numbers, that we as the doctor, as the owner, as the CEO, we have visibility into these numbers. Because remember, at the end of the day, you're in the business of saving lives. So when business is good, everybody wins. Are you tracking your business like that is true? You don't get what you want, you get what you measure. So we want to make sure that we know as the CEO, we have to have total visibility into all these elements of our practice so that we can turn to our team and we can say, these are the numbers that matter. These are the numbers that you're accountable to when it comes to retention. And ultimately, these are the activities that are going to move that benchmark towards that goal. And it becomes the ultimate win, win, win. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.